Dave Stevens, Connor Ennis, I am Tony Perpignancy. Another Zoom cast today, right after the Loons uh, match this afternoon. It is, uh, well, it's quarter to nine here in Minnesota, Dave. It's what it's. It uh, is. It is quarter to 10 a.m. on Sunday, August Sunday. 18th. Here. Sunday. There you go. So, uh, yeah. Uh, we just had a match, which we'll talk about here briefly, or, or in a little bit. I won't say briefly, but in a little bit. Uh, but uh, Dave is still in China. China. Yeah, I will. Uh, after we finish recording this podcast here in Minnesota, I'm going to go back to the future in yeah. China Watch. on Sunday. So. There you go. Okay, but just and, don't tell us anything that's going to happen because I want it to yeah. be a surprise. It, yeah. I just I had yeah. to bite my tongue for the last thirteen hours. I just, bet you just did. Not yeah. letting you, not letting you know how the game turned out. And Connor was really tough for me and you because I knew you were at the game and I already knew what happened. It was mm-hmm. just oh weird. man, you could have oh, saved weird. me a world of hurt. <laughs> he, already, yeah. he already knew that Sterling was going to buy you a beer at the game, but he didn't oh, say yeah. that. And I yeah, knew what um, kind it was, and yeah, I knew that you weird. spill it all over yourself and and yeah. tripped going into the bathroom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but we good, can get Ster- that later. Sterling did good. He he got me an EPA, so that was nice. Nice, well, nice. yeah, awesome. Um, it was. I'm just jealous that you uh, got to at least one more time got to run into uh, David Sterling. So yeah, yes. he uh, he was he was saying that uh, by the time he gets back, you know, by the time you get back from China, he'll be down in Florida. So um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was definitely. He he was feel feeling a little like he was missing out on something. So, mm-hmm. but uh, but you know he's uh, well, we will see each other again, David Sterling. Yeah, of course. Yes, Mark of course. my words. Yeah, of course. He sounds like a back on his damn podcast for a show for Pete's sakes. Yeah. Um. But uh, anyway, Dave, you are you now technically out of quarantine? Quarantine oh. now. Yes, thanks for asking, Tony. I, I was going to bring it up, but thanks for asking. Yeah, technically, as of this morning, I am free. My self-quarantine oh. period is over as of today. So, oh. yeah, in fact, we I, I went and took uh, the last, or at least for a while, the last of many tests that I've taken, COVID tests. I took one yesterday afternoon. Results came in late last night, negative, and then that just makes it official. I am out of the self-quarantine phase and can just wander the streets if I so choose. And, uh, and then as, <laughs> and then I get to, I get to uh, go into actual physical work tomorrow. So. Which is amazing. Cause you haven't had anything physical in an office or factory for a month now. Yeah. Basic. Yeah. I shouldn't say basically I, uh, I, I landed, I landed in Shanghai uh, like um, basically four weeks ago to the day. So I've been for four yeah. weeks and have not physically been into work. So it's very, very odd. But yeah, the next phase of the trip, the real work gets started tomorrow. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, kind of, I guess you can look at it. I'm kind of at the halfway point here. of the. Trip. I was going to say it's that uh, you'd be at the halfway point now because you're done with your quarantining. And then for the next month you work and then you're back in the U.S. Right. So yeah, yeah before you know it, before you know it, I'll be back. So here we Not till September though. I mean, that's no September yeah. is a long ways away. Yeah. Tony, you don't you don't need to remind me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. I mean, I didn't mean like that. I mean, I, you know. No, I know. Yeah. But I'll be uh, back. It'll be basically fall when I get back. So yeah, it will be a few days. So 
Well, we'll still have a couple of games left in the uh, schedule to get to. You know, more than a couple. Yeah, it's amazing how, you know, I mean, we're only just over what? We're just over the halfway point in the MLS season. Um, and even though we were talking about off air, August is a packed month. There's still plenty of games left in September and October to mm -hmm. uh, look forward to. And then, you know, knock on wood, hopefully this team will be right in the playoff hunt. So it'll make for an exciting stretch run. So, so. Well, we hope so. Uh, Connor, you were at the game today. I was. Um, the, we'll, we'll get into the game in a little bit. Of course, yep. it was a packed house. Um, I see that uh, new rankings came out for uh, attendance at uh, MLS games this year. And I think the Loons are in the top 10, uh, which is amazing. Yes. I believe so. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I wish, can't remember exactly what they were, where they were, but it was, I um, wish I had that. Yeah. I wish I had that list in front of me. I know what you're talking about, Tony. I think I saw it too briefly. I didn't, I think it was attendance figures for this year. I want to uh, say. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it wasn't just since, you know, MLS is back or since, you know, attendance because attendance last year was, you know, was obviously not allowed at Allianz field, whereas some other stadiums around the league, it, it was, um, so I think it was as of this year, the start of the season, and Minnesota was well inside the top 10. Yes. And I think they were in the top three or four. Sorry for not having the numbers in front of me. But the thing that really stuck out at me was they were there was a group at the top and included Minnesota United. And uh, there was a group at the top that was it was they rated it as percent of capacity is what I was looking at. So mm -hmm. they weren't just saying total numbers, you know, because that can be skewed, obviously, with the with the capacities of different stadiums but and, and fields. But yeah, as far as percentage of capacity, Minnesota's well inside that top three or four. By a large margin, there was a big gap. There was like a group of three or four at the top, and then it kind of, there was a big downhill after that, which I found quite interesting. You know, I've seen reports of like, you know, like I think I saw a New York Red Bulls game that was like basically empty, even though it didn't need to be empty. And so, yep. odd that. Well, I think what they've done this year, um, I think they've allowed some standing room only tickets to be sold i'm pretty sure because their percentage is above 100 percent yeah so that, that would make sense that. too because you uh, at the game today i saw a lot of stand standing room only people yeah uh, especially behind the brew hall which is which is fine i minnesota twins do that and it's it's great um i've never actually well, done it myself but um i've wanted to because you get a cheaper ticket and you don't have a seat but there's so many places you can hang out at target field yeah that it's not like you really need to have a seat same thing at allianz there's not that many places at allianz like sit and hang out like there are at target field but there's places you can stand you know the brew hall behind the brew in front of the brew hall you can stand back there um the concourses there's areas you can stand at allianz field so that's not surprising they'd be above 100 percent. right so um let's talk about beer guys because Dave found beer in China, not just beer, craft beer. I right, did. Dave? Whoa. Craft beer? Yeah, I did. Now I'm kind of more interested in your beer, but if you want, I can all start. So well, you I can start, Dave, because because you're in China and, and okay. this is big now. We've never had a Chinese beer on the podcast. Oh boy. Not on the podcast. Yeah. And so what I'm not actually drinking one because it's in the morning for me and I don't want to mess up my schedule, but I did have a beer last night and you can see it here it's kind of yeah a, we can see it it's kind of a it's a liter can and so it's 30 so it's, ounces roughly so yeah explain oh, wow, the can, a ex huge can explain yeah. the can to us Dave, because it's like a how would you put it it's kind of like a 
It's an aluminum can. But it looks like leader. one of those. It looks like one of those old uh, energy drinks. Yeah, that, uh, it, yeah. That's a that's a great way of describing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It, it's so it's it looks like an oil can. I mean, it's a, an old school oil can, but it's a big aluminum. It's just an aluminum can, and then it has a plastic little top. It has a mm-hmm. rounded bulbous top, and mm-hmm. then it has a little plastic pop off, and then you just basically pop open the like normal. Yeah. So you like you could drink it out of this can if you'd like, but I mean, I ended up pouring it into a glass, but. So yeah. this looked, this really stood out. I spent a little bit more time actually searching through. I got this at a grocery store, to be fair. I didn't go to a craft brewery and I didn't find, I, you know, maybe now I'll start being able to look around a little closer, but I found this at the grocery store and it was next to all sorts of, you know, the mass produced <coughs> beers, even the, I saw, but, you know, I think I mentioned last time, Budweiser, there wasn't a whole lot of American beers, but Budweiser was there. And then the, the Sing Tao. I mean, that's all over the place. And then in kind of a little section, there was some craft beer and some international beer. Like I saw some, there was some ger- imported German beer I found. Um, you wouldn't have known it right away, but this is definitely a craft beer. It's called Impression Brew. And I tried my best to use my translator to figure out, you know, what kind of beer it is, where it was made. And um, so I think to best of my knowledge, this is almost like what they call like a cream uh, cream lager. It's, it was definitely a lager type beer. Is first of all, it was like nothing I've ever had before. It, I can't compare it to any of the craft brews that we're used to drinking back in Minnesota. Um, it was it was very dark, and it was very kind of like um, it was unfiltered. So you first pour it in the glass, it basically looked like an unfiltered wheat type beer. And actually, you could I let it sit there for a little while. You could actually see some of the residue falling to the bottom. Yeah. So clearly unfiltered, um, which is almost like, like, you know, I've made a couple attempts at home brewing. And so, you know, without getting, you know, I had a little sediment left at the bottom of the bottle, say, after I bottled it, kind of like that. Uh, it wasn't gross. Mm-hmm. It was just extra yeast or hops yep. that, w- that was in there. And it, it did. And quite frankly, it did taste quite, <laughs> it had yeast, it still had some yeast flavor to it. It was very, it wasn't extremely hoppy, but it was more, it was a little more on the malty side of things and okay. i could kind of taste that cream ale and the only other disadvantage i had was that it was warm so i had to drink it warm there's no fridge in here and it wasn't refrigerated at the store you don't have a fridge in your room yeah what? no i do not I do what not about the old warm beer if i what, what about the, the old ice in the uh sink thing I, there's not an ice there's not an ice machine that i know of here. seriously <sighs> wow <laughs> fuck is going on over there so, yeah i it's not so you i've gotten used to drinking warm beer in other places so i'll do what i have to do and the other thing that kind of stuck out at me i knew it was a craft beer because it was 5.3 percent which what yeah. i found is strong for a beer here um now i That's should say one other thing that i okay. it's strong for a beer here i'd say most of the beers that i ran across in the store were like three and a half percent or 3.1 percent so what pretty the- weak by even weaker than you know weaker than um what we think of as light beer back home but yeah and i found it i did i bought two of these things so maybe i'll have this one tonight this one actually says craft beer on it well so now oh, as no. i was saying before the podcast it says craft beer so you know it's got to be craft beer it's not mass it, there's no way it could be mass produced at all oh, no, <laughs> no way no 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 it no says way. it's craft beer no way yeah um, the, the but I'll say this. So like this, the beer that I drank last night, it, it will call it a craft brew. It's certainly probably still relatively mass produced, but certainly less so than your, your typical, typical beers. This one is, was made up in uh Qingdao, not to be mistaken with Tsingtao, but 
Qingdao, spelled with a Q. Um, Qingdao is is a, actually is a coastal town. I was doing a little research on it. It's pretty cool. It's about halfway between Shanghai and Beijing on the coast. So it's right on the coast. It's like a sailing town. It's a beach town. I did a quick Google search of it. It looks like a crazy place. They actually have like a Qingdao beer festival every year. Oh, that's um, cool. And that is actually that town is where the main uh, brewing headquarters for Tsingtao is um, not that this beer is not from Tsingtao, but um, that's where their headquarters are. So it sounds like it's kind of like a one of the if not like the beer capital of, of China. So cool. Place. How far away is that from you? Oh, it would be probably a good oh, seven, eight hour drive, I would say from here. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so it's it's not exactly close. Tsingtao is like the st louis of china yeah yeah there yeah. you go yeah. except it's on Qingtao is is right on the coast so it was kind of cool just looking into it and there is then i was doing some more research without taking over this podcast but doing some more research there is a craft brewing industry in china it's like like everywhere else it seems like in the world not nearly as much as the united states but everywhere else it, it's blown up in the last say 10 years um I think I saw something that was probably dated, but there was probably something like 200 plus craft, technically what they call craft breweries here in China. So mm. craft brewing does exist in China. Not like we know it. I have not seen any brew, pub, brew pubs or like anything like that, but it does exist. And not, but I think one thing that is more obvious that I've been looking around, it's people like to drink here in China. There's no doubt about that, but the beverage of choice would be baiju it's called baiju and it's the it's just i'd call it chinese it's just a chinese traditional liquor and yep. so that's yeah, because it sounds very anti-semitic to me yeah, yeah. yeah. that doesn't yeah. sound yeah doesn't sound appropriate so like, no <laughs> is it kind of like yeah. is it like sake it's kind of like yes that. yes yes in a way yes i think it is it's like a uh like a wine of rice wine type drink so yeah to okay. answer your question yeah i think it is a lot like uh sake the you know mm -hmm. traditional japanese drink or liquor but this is mm -hmm. traditionally chinese and it is all over the place you like way more popular than beer they have sh rows and rows and rows of like different bottles and different varieties and it's I all over the place and because it's believed that uh, no this is not it's believed that baiju is actually the most drank spirit in the world and basically no one outside of china drinks it so that just well, wow. but, but think about it the population yeah. of china yeah. is it's like yeah. 1.2 billion yeah yeah. Ding, ding, so, yeah. Ding, ding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so here's the deal dave if you're up for it next podcast we do could you could you try some 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 baiju would that be I possible could. yeah i, I probably could up? depending on when we do it i could at least sample a small bit of it well i'm not saying you know if we do it on like a sunday and it's monday morning over there I, like a little like a thimble maybe maybe a yeah, little right, shot you know, yeah you know, not saying yeah. drink the whole damn Something bottle, to take the edge off for the day you know yeah you know, <laughs> exactly. you know why not, yeah. why not? Mm -hmm. so well yeah dave fantastic right. we found craft yeah. beer in china uh, making progress there you yeah. go connor uh you got something new today i don't i have a new beer not a new brewery though yeah. um I went with uh, my local my local brewery at, here in Robbinsdale. It's uh, called Wicked Wart, which I know we've done a show at before. Love it. Um, yeah, and I'm doing the Minnesota Made IPA. Uh, nice. It is a favorite of mine over there. Um, it says on the can, we utilized Minnesota malts and Minnesota hops from Mighty X Hops to create a hoppy, dry, and heavily drinkable IPA. 
heavily drinkable. And I think that was a very mm. interesting part of it. Um, featuring hop notes of tangerine, peach, apricot, and dank resin. Um, that, what? Dank resin. Dank mm. resin is okay. what it says. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, normally, this is a very good IPA. I love getting it whenever I'm at the, whenever I'm at the brewery. Uh, but I have a crowler with me right now. And for some reason, uh, my fridge decided to go borderline freezing. And so oh. it, uh, it put a little bit of ice in the beer. Oh. Um, so it's not as good as uh, it would be in the brewery. I would, uh, don't get me wrong. I would very much recommend it. Um, yeah. It's a great IPA. Uh, this one, I just happen to be a victim of circumstance, I'm afraid. But, uh, um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, it's a very good one. So if you're ever in Robbinsdale, uh, don't, don't just, uh, hit, hit up wicked wart, uh, come, uh, just let me know. Uh, and I'll be up for getting a beer with you sometime. Yeah. And, uh, wicked wart, we did a podcast there. Oh, wow. seems like a long time ago. It was you know, probably like two years ago. Um, it probably but, uh, was, I feel like it might've been the 2019 season primer. I feel yeah, like I, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, not just that it's downtown Robbinsdale. So next door, it, what is the uh, the meat place? Uh, uh, Hackenmuller's. Hackenmuller's right next door. Yeah. Uh, so go there and get your meats. Uh, they have, and then they have, of course, uh, Pig Ate My Pizza. Pig Ate My Pizza is amazing. Down there. Uh, you got uh, you got Travail. some. Yep, Travail's Travail in, in there. there. Yeah. The Pig Ate My Pizza. You've got some of the most unorthodox flavors of pizza you've yeah. ever seen in your life. It's but they are delicious. So, so good. Uh, so a little backstory. I, uh, my wife is from Robbinsdale. And so in my youth, when I was dating her and first got married and her parents lived down there, we'd be down in Robbinsdale all the time. Uh, this was back in the, you know, early two thousands. There was, that stuff was not there. Yep. So there was no brewery. There was no, gave me pizza, no travail. It was like, there was, I think it was a steakhouse down there somewhere that we went to a couple of times, but that was about it for downtown, um, robinsdale i don't oh, think there's there was, a steakhouse there anymore no I, that place is gone that's the yeah. old school one. uh but there was a pawn shop hey, that was about it right yeah. now it's like you go down there it's like holy crap they got this they got this they got this it's 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 amazing down there so and it's cute too it's like yeah, a little small town is. main street there it is it's a nice yeah. little spot down there so um yeah well wicked war it's a great place yeah what do you got for us tony oh god glad you asked connor because let me tell you i took a little trip today and uh, I'm very sorry to say that living in Otsego for the last uh, five or six years, I have not been to any of the breweries in Monticello. Mm. And they've been mm. around for at least a couple of years. And it's just one of those deals. I mean, it's only 10 miles away. It's not that far. I just don't go north that often, right? So I decided today, I'm like, I need some new beers for the podcast. I'm going to go up there today and go to the two breweries in town in Monticello. I'm going to go to Nordic and Rustech. And so I went to Nordic first. I'm not drinking a Nordic today. I'll drink it on the next podcast. But I had a couple beers at Nordic. It was fantastic. They got pinball machines there. And they also have a barbecue joint, uh, the Rib Cage, uh, which used to be a food truck that um, was always outside of this small little gas station off of 81 in i think it was uh, in dayton and i drive by there all the time and it was it was there then all of a sudden they closed down i don't know what happened to them but now they're in an actual physical location inside of nordic brewing in uh monticello so wow. you get barbecue 
You can get your beers. You can play some pinball. Um, they've got all kinds of stuff going on. And they have some great beers there too. And of course, hard seltzer, they're doing that whole thing as well. So um, great little place. And my second stop was Rust Tech, where I got my beer I'm drinking tonight from. And Rust Tech is the crazy beer people in Monticello. Now, Nordic's got your typical stuff. You got your cream ales, you got your lagers, you got your, uh, you know, IPAs, all that stuff. Rust Tech's got some just crazy stuff going on. And today I am drinking, no lie, guys, this is called the Flying Pickle. It is a dill pickle cream ale. Oh, Whoa. I'm, I'm jealous. I am now, jealous. That sounds now, like something I would like. Now, that does sound thing, like something. I'm, I'm not much into cream ales, but I, I would like that too. That sounds really good. Like, let me tell you guys, it goes down like a cream ale, but then you get a little hint of the dill pickle, a little bit of a, like an aftertaste type of dill pickle-y type oh. of aftertaste. And it's like, it's kind of like you're drinking uh, a dill pickle chips afterwards. It's it's kind of like that. So hmm. uh, it, it is it is good. I will say that. But it is one of the crazy things they have at Rust Tech up in Monticello. Um, wow. Well, because wasn't it just a week or two ago we were talking about the state fair and the, the, the that one, I mentioned one of my favorites was that uh, at, um, what was it? You know it off the top of your head, Tony. I, I like to get that oh, dill yeah, pickle. The, uh, yeah, it is. It is kind of like it is like the dill pickle one that got Kolsch. It, it's a Kolsch. Yes, you're right. I believe it is like that one, uh, but to have a brewery actually brew this and have it available. I mean, the state fair thing is is totally different. The state fair beers brewers will will brew those beers specifically for the state fair. Okay, so it's a one time mm -hmm. deal. Mm -hmm. The fact that Rustex got this on their line. And they're putting out crowlers is a totally another deal, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just that's just crazy. Um, I will say another thing, Rustech. I sent you guys a picture of Rustech. The cool thing about them yeah. is they've got a little in their brewery area, they've got a, a little screen that shows all the beers they're brewing at that time. And it says the name of them. Some of them are actually ones you could their 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 rotation, and some of them are ones coming out. So today I was up there and they had their their uh, Oktoberfest beers that are coming out with um, probably in another week or two and shows you the temperature of the beers and what, which, uh, which containers are in all this type of stuff. So it is, is a really cool uh, way of showing people what kind of beers are upcoming. So um, yeah, that is super cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, we will uh, hopefully get up to uh, Monticello for a, uh, for, for a podcast at some point in the future uh when things kind of calm down and dave gets back from china um yep. but uh yeah hey guys uh so just so you know um i have gone back through all the breweries that we have visited over the over over throughout the since the show because i know we put out a list about uh, about a year ago or so saying to yep. support all these breweries and uh we are now up to 87 breweries that we have mm. uh uh, put on this uh, podcast here. So we're getting pretty close to that 100 mark there. Yeah, it's getting kind of tough to, uh, well, Connor, you or, I'm help. sorry, 86, 86, because number one is the like column thing, but whatever. Well, Connor, you've helped a lot because of your job. So you travel over Minnesota for your job and you can yeah. stop at different breweries along the way. 
unfortunately, when we started this podcast, none of us traveled outside of the really the metro area. So it was yeah. kind of like we were kind of confined to, I think like Lupulin up in Big Lake was like the farthest we'd been to a brewery before. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, getting that out there is 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 great. Um, and we, I'm sure we can hit a hundred here in the next couple weeks. Yeah, I, can say. I think so. I'll find some other ones. Uh, there is. I tell you, it, it does get when when the number gets as high, Connor, as you mentioned, eighty-seven. It does get a little tough because, and the reason I say it's tough, there's plenty of great uh, breweries out there. That the problem I think is that you start to find uh, beers that you lo- not only love, but re- you know you want to go back to and back to and just you know. So it's kind of you walk through, especially if you're not out at a new brewery and you go to say a local liquor store, you see a lot of familiar ones and i know there's road they always rotate new new beers in there at least a lot of places i go to but you still you it's hard to you kind of lock on to certain favorites you know and it's oh, so yeah. hard to get away from definitely them well and that was me back in you know when surly first came out right that was me with surly i was locked into surly even when new breweries were popping up i was always going back to surly 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 and um mm after a while then more breweries start popping and you have to like kind of expand your your horizons a little bit you have to like say okay i'll try something different you know and the other tough right. thing too is you go to some of these liquor stores and they've got your basic minnesota craft brews which we've all had you know they don't have a lot of extras you know there's not a lot of outstate breweries at the local you know local liquor stores that you go to you know finding them is very tough right um so you have to travel a little bit to get to those breweries you know so yeah uh the flying pickle guys hmm. flying pickle at rustic brewing right, well, i don't know how long it's going to be there for so if you want it you better get, get better get up there and get it otherwise if you're going to the state fair i'm sure they're going to have that uh dill pickle beer there as well so right well i'm not doing either tony so you might have to uh pick up a, a crawler for me at some point i'll hold it for you no big deal. I'll just right. charge you rent in my refrigerator. It's fine. There you go. Interest yeah. and beer interest. Mm-hmm. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get into the game, guys, let's talk briefly. We're trying to put this, we're trying to put this game off as long as possible. I can tell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk briefly about Abila and his situation. Because we talked about our last podcast. He actually is 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 in DC now. But the way he got there is a is a mls um how would i put it uh really backdoor kind of backdoor type of shit so yeah he was put on waivers by the united by united and then dc picked him up and the whole situation was okay because they picked him on waivers to make it kind of seem like we were getting something out of it we got seventy five thousand dollars in, I think Gam. What do we get? Gam. gam or, it was Gam. Yeah. Yep. Gam. Mm-hmm. But in order to get that, we then relinquished the first signing rights for who was it, guys? Jose Aja. Jose Aja, which DC United is not going to sign anyways. We presume they're not. Yeah. But well, I think there's right. a general now, agreement that he's, they're not going to sign him. Well, yeah, because now, we, so, I mean, we gave we basically transferred his rights or first right of refusal, anyways. So now yeah. that DC United could could technically say well, they it, could, it. but I think there's a gentleman's agreement. But the reason why this happened was I think it was past 
the transfer window. Yep. And so in order to make it work for FIFA, I believe they had to do it this way. And since MLS is its own entity, they can do shit like this. Yeah. Because yeah. technically MLS is, is kind of its own club mm-hmm. and everybody else and every team within it is a franchise. Mm-hmm. So you've got, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, so it's like, um, yeah, it's just that it's very, very weird because you yeah. don't see stuff like that in, uh, in Europe. No. Um, and no. you wouldn't. No. Well, yeah. So, I mean, at least this way <laughs> you can kind of think of it as a trade. I mean, essentially, um, yeah, and now is, granted, it, grant, it, it, unfortunately it did not, you know, I, I don't care how, any way you look at it, Minnesota did not get the better part of this deal. I think that, you know, although DC United um, is going to take on some of the financial responsibility of this, of the transfer from, you know, Boca Juniors, uh, Minnesota, I think is swallowed the bulk of that, you know, multi, you know, I, I say multi, I think it was a, about a million dollar transfer. Yeah. And I think, I thought I saw somewhere that DC United was going to be on the hook for maybe 200 of that. So but I also, I also heard that Boca is actually punching in some money too. Okay. Um, so I don't think it's as bad for, uh, for the loons as people think it is. Um, but it's a screwed up situation regardless. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, uh, can well, we, can we not sign guys who just get, get just fuck us over? I mean, yeah. It, it, well, you know, it, I was stuck. I, I mean, was talking to one. I was talking to Sterling earlier today, and we were talking about how we sign striker after striker after striker, and they keep screwing us yeah. over. And um, like, uh, and we got onto the subject of Luis Samaria, who, was, I mean, had two amazing games, uh, but then COVID hit, and. Uh, every team was put on hold and then you saw injuries come out such as Luis Samaria uh, because he wasn't game fit. He wasn't match yep. fit when he was ready. Uh, but I think, uh, and uh, me and Sterling agreed that uh, we were, we, th- we think that um, if Luis Samaria, if COVID had never hit and Luis Samaria had continued playing, then he would have been, he would have been it. He would have been the striker that yeah. uh, we were looking for. Yeah. There. It is 20, 25 goals, maybe. Yeah, it would have been 25 goals. He 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 was was on track. He was, yeah. I love saying that. But But yeah, this one's... I was going to say, you know, the the Abila one, it stinks. You know, you lose your your second leading goal scorer and uh, to DC United, it definitely stings. Oh, God. Abila was our second leading goal scorer. (laughs) Yes, he was. Now, of course, we all know who the leading goal scorer is, Robin Lude, of course, with uh, six. But then you look at the list tonight. We will not talk about Robin Lude until we get to the game, though. You look at the list, and and you have, I think, at least three players, if not four players, including um, Frank Apone and Abila, who were and and I think Ray, who are all tied at two for second. So yeah. that I was that was kind of a little poke, but technically, you know, Abila was tied for a second leading goal scorer. So before we get out of this, though, guys, I'm gonna go back to Amaria. I seriously think Amaria could have been the best striker we've had here. I mean, the guy got injured, yes, and I think we also kind of. I don't know. We released them a little too soon. I think there could have been a deal worked out where you kept them for another year, but they didn't want to do it. 
And now he's look at his stats down south where he's at now. He's on yeah. fire down there. He's he's lighting it up. He's lighting there. it up. And yeah. so we we made a mistake <coughs> on letting him get back down where he was. We made a big mistake on that. So I wouldn't say that's again that's the front office's fault for getting rid of somebody too early. Uh, whereas somebody like Abila is actually signing somebody who didn't want to, I don't think he really wanted to be here in the first place, uh, or he thought this was like his golden ticket to America and doing crazy yeah. shit. So, yeah, it, it's a shame. I remember last season there, there was, you know, at the end of last season, I should say, we, we kind of knew that he wasn't going to make it back our Maria. That is, I, I thought there was, you know, there was still some kind of hope, at least, uh, I don't know, from a fan's perspective that, that our Maria would be back, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought, it kind of felt like when you try and read in between the you know the lines a little bit, it kind of sounded like they were making trying to make an effort to you know bring him back for this. They year. were, they were, and there was a lot of back and forth about getting his his ankle fixed and all that type of shit, and you know it just became a quagmire of 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 back and forth. Who's responsible for what? And at the end of the day, I think that his team down there wanted way too much money for him, and uh, we didn't want to do it, so. Yeah. We went and got Abila, and uh, it is what it is. So, yeah. so that's the end of the Abila situation. That's that's that. Um, we had a game today, boys, a couple hours ago. Did we? Against the LA Galaxy. Yes, mm. we did, Connor. You were there. You were there, I was, I was there. Yes, I was there. Yep. Um, this is one of those games where um, I looked at the Galaxy's starting lineup, guys, and they've got, like, a ton of new players. And... They had two guys starting today that hadn't started before. So I'm okay. thinking, hey, we got a chance here. We're at Allianz Field. We're looking good. The problem is, before the game even started, lineups come out. Robin Lude is not in the starting lineup. We see rumors online that he's out for four weeks. He's got a calf injury. Wasn't on the, uh, the list for injuries during training so who knows what the flip happened with him well that um, that sucks i mean that and that sounds awfully vaguely familiar to what happened to frank apone because his, yeah. his injury occurred late in the week prior to you know yeah. not prior but after the injury reports came out you know so mm-hmm. there was speculation it was because we were playing portland you know and and that whole deal but yeah so you had now frank apone he's coming up on what at least four games yeah, you know, not not played. So he so that initial reporting uh, was correct. I mean, he's been obviously out injured and now a very eerily similar uh, situation for Robin Lude on the other wing. So well, it, it's and, a little well troubling. And here's the problem, though, guys, is the fact that Robin Lude is not out there. So. um Sorry, my wife is trying to FaceTime me from her drink fest at her cabin with her friends. Um <laughs> <laughs> not gonna answer that. Uh, so Robin Lud's not out there. So here's what he does. He says, "Okay, well we have Hassani Dotson who can play up top because we played him up top before. So let's put him up top where Robin Lud usually goes, and let's stick Jan Grigus in the middle with Will Trap." Well, well, that 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 does. What make do you sense, have more? Though. What do you? It that does, maybe makes sense. What do you it have? Does. He, it it's does. a short memory. We how many times did we talk about Dotson on the left wing? It does, but exactly right, and this is the That's problem. Hassan Dotson up top, we know it doesn't work, right? Jan Grigas is not the Jan Grigas of a year or two ago, yep. 
and playing with Will Trap does not work. We've seen him play with Will Trap, and it doesn't doesn't work at all. Yep. Yep. So, what would I rather see up front? Well, we oh. had McMaster was available. We had uh, Agadello was available. We had some guys available. But Heath decided to go with this lineup. Okay. Totally fine. Another key absence, though, that I'm looking at is, is um, we had another key winger that was unavailable, apparently. I'm looking at the bench, and where is – who am I looking for? You got McMaster was there. there you're not talking not? about Fragapane, are you? No, no he's no, talking no. about his boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know who I'm talking about. Oh, so. Nico Hansen. Nico well, Hansen. Yeah, where he was not available. Now, oh, was oh. he on the injury report? They released him. Just kidding. I don't know. I have no yeah. idea. So, I mean, that kind of throws a wrench. I mean, I, yeah. if, if he, if, if Hanson was available or, or fit, you know, fit or decided to be on the 18 or 20, we should say with the extra reserve spots. I mean, where, I, you know, without him, then I guess, you know, it, it's either, yeah, you bring in, you bring in, um, you bring in Justin McMaster and start, and he has not had a start this year. He's had some, you know, late appearances, but yeah, I guess just not having Nico Hansen and not having Robin Lude really threw a wrench into this. So I guess that's, I'm maybe, you know, let's not assume Heath wanted to put Dotson up there, but yeah, that's, yeah, you well, don't like to see that. Again, so we're already starting off uh, behind the eight ball here, guys. I mean, seriously, without Robin Lude up top and Fragapane not available yet, really. Look at our attacking four. I mean, Finley, Dotson, Anu, and Reynoso. Yeah. Anu has not even – I mean, He hasn't played a 90-minute game all season he yet. Exactly right. And he's still kind of getting his – I don't know. He, he's still not there. He's a tick off of where he needs to be. Right. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're, you're behind the eight ball already. Um. Let's get into the game, guys, because yep. frankly, there's there's a lot to talk about. There's not a lot to talk about. And it's crazy to say that, but it's true. Um, the opening part of the game, I don't know, Connor, from your seats, did mm-hmm. you were the loons being the loons in terms of uh, putting pressure on the ball early on or not? Sort of. Um, they they showed signs of they showed signs of good pressure. I thought they were playing up really high uh, for the first half hour to thirty five minutes, probably. Um, and uh, so it's not that like they were just sitting back, like playing defensive, because of course that'd be foolish. But uh, um, but yeah, they you you could definitely tell that something was wrong with their gameplay though, because their passing was off uh there uh, th- i think it was you know we just i think we just missed robin lud um yeah. we uh because robin lud causes a lot of chaos up in that final third you've got um and, and instead of uh because of that you're putting dots in, in place of robin lud which again makes sense but you don't want necessarily want to see um and then because of that, you have to, that begins the whole domino effect of, hey, Lud's gone, let's put Dotson in place of Lud, and then we'll put Grey Goose in, in place of Dotson. And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so the, I think that there was some disconnect because Grey Goose is definitely not match fit. Um, and uh, he's not used to playing with this club. Um, <clears throat> as for the pressure, uh, I mean, it, 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 was, it was okay. 
it, it wasn't great. It, it, you saw them playing a pie, but they're, but again, they're, they're passing they're, the, the passing in the final third could have been a lot better, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and that's the problem. It, it's, we, yeah. we put Jan Grigas in there uh, in the midfield with Will Trap, and you're not mm-hmm. getting that Hassani Dotson, Will Trap little connection they've got going. I, Hassani Dotson, Will Trap together have kind of made a nice little combo platter. Yeah, in that midfield, like, like I say, they, they were they were what uh, Ozzy and Jan were two years ago. I think exactly right because um, Ozzy right. and Jan were great in 2019. Yeah. We had guys. We had a we had a couple of misses here. We had Hassani Dawson try to miss. We had you know we had we had some chances. We had yeah. some chances. Um, couldn't get it through. I know that uh, Anu had a couple chances. Couldn't get it through. Um, but really, the game was kind of playing into the Galaxy's pocket. I mean, slowly but surely, yeah. Slowly but surely. It, you could sure. see it from the beginning of the game. We didn't come out very strong. The Galaxy were kind of like holding back and kind of like looking for their chances and, and, and kind of getting them. Oh, totally. And, and yeah. it, wasn't a, it wasn't a match where I thought the Loons – were all there does that yeah. make sense to you guys i mean yeah. does it mean they weren't like all on the pitch mentally together you know what yeah I'm saying? and you know it, it so begins the the disconnect that i mentioned before um yeah. just with the uh, it's a squad that uh has a couple of oddballs in there and mm-hmm. uh they uh and because of that there's not complete synchronicity in uh in mm-hmm. in the gameplay and um Tony, you're completely right. The uh, they weren't all there, and uh, and it, but toward the beginning of the game, you did see the galaxy starting to sit back. But then, uh, I would I would say, uh, even though we were pressuring um, fairly decently for the first 30, 35 minutes, I think the last ten minutes of that first half, the galaxy just found the holes in our defense and just yeah. came at us. Um, oh. It was from that, that that moment on. I was just like, oh boy, what what happened? um we we, we just we, it was almost like we were falling apart at the end of the hey, fir- first half by the way this uh kevin uh is it kevon uh kevin 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 well this is a guy we wanted we wanted to get this guy yeah i remember um and uh we didn't have offer enough money we didn't get him but on his goal guys in the 43rd minute he split boxy well not boxy sorry he split Kalman and Debasi. He totally split the center center backs, and it was amazing how he did it. Um, he ran up the field, got there. Kalman uh, went to make a tackle, couldn't do it. Debasi was late. It was a great run. I there's that, that was uh, I wouldn't even fault either of those guys for not yeah. making the play. Yeah, it yeah, was very good movements. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, for, for not being able to think, I'm really uh, enjoying listening to you guys kind of describe the game because I didn't get to see it. Uh, obviously, I was sleeping for the first half and then I wasn't able to stream it. But yeah, I was able to see that highlight. And it, it almost reminded me of Vancouver's first goal against mm-hmm. Minnesota, mm-hmm. you know, now a couple of weeks ago. And it just, I mean, yeah, it was the run and the just to split the central defenders and Coleman got inside and just yeah. couldn't react and it was a great run uh, you know boy yeah it was just a tough break 
And, you know, from, from a box score point of view, that's my question for you is because I don't know if this evened out as the game went on, but I mean, it looks almost one-sided on the box score as far as, you know, yeah. from shots and shots on target and, you know, galaxy made seven saves um, you know, yeah, the shots were 26 or 21 to 10, you know, with Minnesota having six on target, uh, you know, what was it just lack of quality chances? Would you say? No, 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 not at all. Um, I, I think our chances were good for the most part. Um, there were some moments where we lacked the delivery of the final kind of final ball into the final third. But above all, uh, I got to give hats off to the LA Galaxy goalkeeper, Jonathan Klinsman, because he pulled off amazing saves today. So what, full what, credit to him. What'd you um, say? His last name is Klinsman? Yep. His oh. last name is Klinsman. Could, could he be Jurgen's son? Could he be Klinsman Jr.? Yes, he is. That's oh, correct. Klinsman. Is that really? Th- is that really? That is him. Yes. That's oh, a, no that's kidding. Jurgen Klinsman's son. You guys didn't know that? I didn't no, know that. No, that is I thought it was well, Jurgen Klinsman. Tony, yeah. I mean, I guess there aren't that many out there. I noticed the last name, yeah. and so uh, you know, hi- the highlights are, you know, from a highlight standpoint, you, you know, Klingsman save, Klingsman save, mm-hmm. Klingsman save, you know, save, save, save. So it's like I obviously recognize the name, but I did not make that leap. I probably that is have. Klingsman yeah. Junior, right there. Wow, guys. that is. Uh, I mean, he's got some genes. Let me tell you, he he I sure mean, does. Soccer he, genes are in his blood. Yeah, he. Uh, and if not for him, I think uh, mm-hmm. I think we would have won this game like four one. I think he made some, Um, he made some great plays. He he made some great plays. Um, So the thing I want to get back to you guys though, is after they get that, the goal in the 43rd minute in the first half, the galaxy really like came out like piranhas after that, they were attack, attack, attack. And the loons were lucky to get out of that first half, not giving up another goal. Yeah. I mean, totally seriously, it was, they were, our defense looked like they were, I mean, they, they're all over the place. They didn't know what the frick was going on. I, it was nuts. Well, like you said, the galaxy just found, uh, found the holes in our defense and That's right. our, the holes in our defense were huge at that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, and they, I mean, again, you're, you're right, Tony. We, uh, we were lucky to come out of there one nil at the half yeah. or even one nil during the game actually. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, they just, they just found our holes and they started exploiting them and, uh, credit to Tyler Miller who made actually a couple of good saves of his own. So, he did. um, yeah. He, yeah. uh, Tyler Miller made some great saves. Klinsman Jr. Made some great saves. Yeah. Um, getting the half guys were down by one. Um, there's not much. The problem is coming out of the half, there's not much you can do to change your lineup at all. I mean, really there's not you're missing too many guys yeah uh, to change your lineup and uh it's funny because Keith was on the broadcast they put him on the mic and i think it was like a 60 60th minute or something like that they asked him how things were going he's like oh things are going great we're getting our chances i'm gonna wait another 10 minutes before i start making some substitutions and i thought to myself I'm like i do see where he's coming from i do because there were chances yeah right opportunities it's just we couldn't get it past <laughs> we couldn't get it past Klinsman jr mm-hmm. at all right um so coming out of the half guys and it's pretty much more the same i mean yeah we have our chances they have their chances um i i there's not much <laughs> how could i put it i don't know if there's much of a fire that Heath could light into him at halftime 
because frankly there's not much more they could do i mean yeah i mean and where you know as as either tony you watch on tv or or connor you sitting in the stands at alliance and watching this game what was your panic level because here i you know without having watched it i asked the question because look at the past games in just the past month you know minnesota you know unfortunately their five game unbeaten streak now is over and then let's call it like 13 of the last 14 or in that ballpark or 12 of the last 13 but the five game unbeaten streak is over but during that time during the most recent five game unbeaten streak um you saw this club get behind of lafc on the road um they got behind of vancouver on the road i know it was in salt lake you know so this team has come from behind on multiple occasions you know so does that give you any comfort or you no. know l- l- less panic in this game going into the second half not, because of that fact not and dave let me say this um in in most games i would say I, i'd be comforted i'd be like hey we're down by one we can still come back but the way these guys were playing and yeah. the way the galaxy were playing i kind of probably about 10 or 15 minutes into the second half i kind of shut myself off from thinking that we could come back that's I just, exactly what i did you know what i mean yep. it was one of those deals where you know you're watching a game and you think come back and you're excited about it but for me it was like no it was it was not going to happen yeah, this is this this is really great. I mean, this is a clinic on why you know, especially in the sport of soccer, you cannot just rely on a box score. And it's really right. interesting to hear to hear mm-hmm. you guys' take from this game because looking at the box score, I, I especially if I just you know the game wasn't over, maybe we're sixty minutes in. I look at the box score, I wouldn't panic just looking at that from that point of view because essentially what we're looking at is through you know forty three minutes and through the, the the second half, LA Galaxy had one shot on goal. And that goal mm-hmm. was in the 43rd minute and they scored right. on that one shot. Yeah, on right. goal. So it's, it's really, uh, it's really interesting hearing how you guys are describing this game here. Right. And well, yeah. And feeling. you know, you know, uh, Dave, I, I wouldn't, I, I would say, uh, I, I just want to add to like the, the halftime feeling there because uh, when, I mean, I remember going into halftime, we were down one nil, we'd been down one nil to Portland Timbers at home before, and we came back and won that one. So I had hope. I will say I had hope at halftime. Uh, I and I don't think I was panicking, but I definitely wasn't comfortable. I I think um, I think the Yellow Galaxy again. The Yellow Galaxy had found the holes at the end uh, in our defense at the end of the first half, and if that had continued, uh, we were in big trouble. So um, when we came back out, and I remember at about the fifty fifth minute, like you, Tony, uh, I remember thinking to myself, "We're never going to come back if we if we if we keep playing like this. It's not going to happen." You get a kind of a, a malaise like comes over you, right? Yeah. Because you see how they're playing and you go, okay, this is, this happens in all sports. I mean, this happens in football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, happens in all sports. You see how your team is playing in that first 10 or 15 minutes after, you know, the, the half or whatever. And you go, yeah, there's just, they're just not going to, it's not going to happen. There's no spark here. Yeah. You know, there's nothing going on. Um, we do get some substitutions, guys, in the 69th minute. We get uh, Agadello comes in for Anu. We get uh, McMaster comes in for Gregus, which means that Dotson then slots back into his midfield position. Yep. Um, McMaster goes up to uh, one of the Where forwards. Where Dotson was. Yep. Exactly right. So now we're back into more of a where we should have been in the 
beginning of this game. Um, and now we're hoping kind of maybe they'll have a little bit of a, a, a change here. Yeah. But no, it's, it, you know, after five minutes of watching it, I was like, yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. all the same. Well, it was up and down, you know, it was, yeah. you, you saw some good chances. And again, more of those chances were foiled in uh, the goal mm-hmm. by Klinsman Jr. And mm-hmm. you, uh, so, I mean, I did like the fact that uh, Dotson was going back to, to pair with trap in the defensive midfield. I thought that yes. was great. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's uh, uh, after a few minutes, it just, uh, it felt irrelevant. And, and you, you know, again, we had, we had some more chances, but we had chances, Connor. Yeah. We had chances. I there were some chances here. Yeah. Um, and 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 frankly, they were chances that it they could have gone either way. Uh I know again, Klinsman Jr. made some great saves. Yeah. Uh, Reynoso, I know had a free kick team and Klinsman Jr. made a great save on the free kick. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. Uh we had some corner kicks. Some headers, I, again, it, it's, I hate to say it, but this is one of those games where we lost. It is what it is. You can't mm-hmm. fault anybody for it. Yeah, uh, We didn't play up to our standards, I don't think, but we had chances. We had chances. I will point out one more thing, though. That's the thing. Because I, I will point out one more thing is that uh, – in typical Adrian Heath fashion, we only used two subs. Well, he's back to his old self again. Well, yeah, when you have. Oh, yeah. That, that explains he's, things. He's, he's decided have... that he's not going to use all five subs anymore. He's back to his old, like, Heath ways. Yeah, yeah because you're when running, you're 1-0 you're down, who needs yeah. to disrupt the flow of the game, oh, right? You're, you're yeah. running out of subs when three you got three ringers out mm-hmm. unavailable due to injury, mm-hmm. you know. Hanson Hanson was on that list. I see now, obviously with Frank Afani and Lude. So that, that really hampers. And, and especially it's the late, it's the late week injuries that if, you know, cause you know, you, you, it's not like they had the whole week to prepare for the idea of without Lude. We, you know, we assume, I mean, unless it was a nagging injury, but yeah, they come in on that injury report, not at all. And then late, not being, able to, not being available really, yeah. really shakes yep. things up. Sucks. I didn't realize that was Kling, Klinsman's first start of 2021. Yeah, it was. Was it really? So, yeah, so, yeah, so wow. to come in and, and have the game he had in his first start is pretty mm-hmm. impressive on the road. So, yeah, Alex, so, you could have a bit of a uh, a legacy on their hands. They here. could. Uh, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. The guy yeah. looked good. Um, so we lose 1-0, guys, to the Galaxy. We still hang out in fifth place for now. Uh, there are games tomorrow, so we'll see what happens. And there are games being played right now, guess, just so yeah. everybody knows. Yeah. Um, right as it stands, I mean, we'll be listening to it, to it tomorrow, but as it stands, right. Sporting Kansas City have beaten Dallas 2-0. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Colorado is currently up on Houston 3-1 uh, in the 97th minute. Yeah. And uh, Austin and RSL Austin and RSL are tied 0-0 in the 30th minute right now. Um. Yeah, so so you know at least uh, LA Galaxy, and so maybe you don't feel too bad about this loss because the LA Galaxy did get to spend about an hour and a half, two hours uh, in first place in the Western Conference. After I don't their, care you know, about I don't care about Galaxy's place. I care yeah. about us because the fact of the matter is, <coughs> guys, we're sitting fifth right now. You got Portland right behind us, LAFC right behind us, San Jose right behind us. I mean RSL. And, 
Dallas. Dallas. Dallas is one. Dallas is hot lately. Anyway, guys, they've come out of nowhere to now. I mean, Dallas is right. I mean, they're they're well. They lost. They're, they lost today. Did they lose? Uh, okay, they finally they lost. lost uh, they, I mean, SKC today, but Portland look, plays Seattle tomorrow. Yeah. So, they do. Yeah. I mean, look at look at positions four through ten on the standings, guys. I mean, that's a bunch of teams there within seven, seven points, points. yeah that's just that's just freaking nuts i mean that's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a it's gonna be a knife fight you know i, I yep. swear this it's happens certainly. every year in the mls yeah. too it, it, it does and, yeah. and certainly since uh, i've been following it as closely as i have over the last few years it certainly does it happens every year and uh yeah it'll be interesting the, the loons need to get healthy because we just brought it up you know unfortunately i hope it wasn't it was a bit of foreshadowing but we had talked about what could happen to this team if you lose a Reynoso we knew that all year long but if you lose a Reynoso if you lose a Robin Lude and now here it is it's turned into reality Lude appears to be unavailable for the next month or several weeks at least it well according like to it. Twitter Twitter rumors four do we weeks. do we four know weeks. do we know for sure it's four weeks well, no that's what no Twitter we don't it's okay. a calf injury uh obviously it's got to be a strain or something like that so um you know it's it, it is if it is a strain. I mean, you, you can't uh, you can't rush those back, and and maybe that's what happened with Franco Pone. So I mean, I guess the only thing we can hope for is that Franco Pone is on the tail end of his time on the injury list, and he can come back and at least because he 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 had provided a lot of spark. It seems like forever ago, but he had provided a lot of spark for this club, and so hopefully that can continue even if Lude is forced to miss uh, several games. I don't want to see Dotson playing up top again. I'd rather not. I yeah, want to see Dotson playing in the middle with Will Trap. That that's that's my put deal. Dotson in the middle with Will Trap, and then if you need uh, if Robin Lud goes out again, uh, God forbid he does he does, but uh, mm-hmm. I say start McMaster instead. Yep, yep. There you go. Yeah. Nico Hansen for Pete's sakes. Yeah, I yeah. mean uh, Nico Hansen. We don't know the extent of his injury, but uh, I guess mm-hmm. we'll find out. But we'll see. So guys, we gotta, you got to stay healthy. You got to stay healthy. It's going to be, it's going to be a struggle. Yeah. Got a really crazy week coming up guys, because we got San Jose in San Jose on Tuesday night. It's a Tuesday night game. Tuesday night mm-hmm. game, which yeah. is nuts. And then we got next Saturday against <laughs> SKC at home. So I would imagine the San Jose game, that's a game we should win. I mean, we should yeah. beat San Jose. We um, should. Yeah, and then SKC at home, guys. I mean, that's the friendliest uh, rivalry in all of MLS. Yeah, uh, my hope is we can at least get a point out of that game. Uh, but SKC is—they're hot. They're hot. Yeah, they're hot. Um, so we'll see what happens in the next two games here. Ah, it's so tough talking about a loss. That is. One yeah. one one nil well, loss, especially. Yeah. Well, especially against I mean, the I, I, LA Galaxy. We have still never beaten the LA Galaxy now. Yeah, I know. by the way. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's um yeah, yeah. So LA Galaxy, even without uh Chicharito, he wasn't even available. Javier That's right. Menez, but yeah. um apparently and but yeah, I mean, I like your optimist. <clears throat> I like your optimism, Tony, about San Jose. I mean, it's still it's not easy to go out on the road in the MLS and uh yeah. on a sh- very short week. So I mean that's you know, plus with these injuries that, that this team is having to deal with, it's it's gonna be a challenge. Well, Boxy should be back now. He was on the bench for this game. So yeah. I'm I'm assuming that Boxy will be in the starting lineup uh, next game. 
and uh hopefully maybe maybe fragapane is available we we don't know yeah but uh we'll see what happens um let's take just a quick break guys we come back from the break uh we're going to talk about the new uh, ceo yeah of the loons yeah um and then maybe getting some uh some history uh we come back from this break in just uh one minute guys All right, we're back. Quickest minute in the broadcast history. That was really quick. Yeah, it was. Um, so the Loons announced uh, this last week that Sherry Ballard is the new CEO of the uh, of the team, uh, taking over for Chris Wright, uh, who decided that after three years of being in his position, he was gone. I guess that was... Uh, negotiated at the beginning of it sherry ballard comes from being the i think it was it was best buy best buy but she was the what's her deal there she was the vice president of uh, sales regional sales she had a very big position at best buy uh she retired back in 2019 and now she's she's the ceo of MN, uh, MN UFC. Yeah. So it kind of Sterling, David Sterling brought up a good point. We were texting back and forth. Do we really, I mean, everybody's talking about where she came from, what she's done. Doesn't really matter where she came from, where, what she's done uh, for this team. Are we, I, I think all of us are happy with the, her being uh, named the CEO, well, she is the first. She's the first female CEO in MLS. Yeah, that's I, a big. Deal. Short, I think the short answer <clears throat> is yeah, yes. It does. It, it's a significant hire, not mm-hmm. only because she's the first female CEO. That's that's huge, but it's a significant hire because I think what you'll find, and it, you may not notice the difference next week, next month, next year, but you know these organizations you know, successful organizations are run, you know, from the top down, you know, and success, I believe, starts at the top and goes that, that um, you know, the environment, the, just the atmosphere around the club, it starts on the top. And so, yeah, I think it is an important hire. Obviously, she's not going to be involved on, you know, day-to-day soccer decisions. That's obvious. But so if we're talking about, you know, performance on the pitch, no, we're not going to, we're not going to, as a fan who's just a fan of the team and, and, and rooting for the success of the team, yeah, you, it might not seem like an important hire, but I think over time, it's, it's an extremely important hire. And so time will tell on that aspect. So Chris Wright laid the foundation, guys. He's the one who got him into Allianz Field. Um, he set up all the relationships before this. So now Sherry Ballard comes in, and she is – kind of supposed to now grow the franchise i mean to kind of get it to the next level and from what i think about that i think of um well there's a new tv contract coming up so she'll be involved in that Mm -hmm. um so if she gets a great deal with that that's fantastic right um what else you guys think of anything else that she should be involved in moving forward with this team i mean this team has done pretty well yeah um 
so she she clearly has lots of different uh so i'm, I'm reading here she has she has lots of different interests with other companies based in minnesota mm-hmm. uh so i think that if she continues that she could help minnesota keep a little bit more local if that makes any sense sure, sure. um like um i mean maybe she wouldn't she uh she wouldn't decide like which beers that the beer brew hall gets uh well, gets sold that that should be she's in the board she's in the board of numerous companies right connor right she's on, yep I it's think, uh ecolab ecolab yes, yes. ecolab's one of them PetSmart, and uh mm-hmm. alina health and she's also mm-hmm. a member of the board of trustees for the university of minnesota foundation oh so, okay. yeah yeah so she's got uh tons of ties here in minnesota um so i would i would hope that that continues I I think um, I, I don't know much about her. I, I know that uh, when she was in Best Buy, she was the president of multi-channel retail. Um, and uh, that's, um, I, I, yeah, I, other than that, I don't know much about her, but uh, from what I've, from what I've heard, I hope that, uh, that she has, that she has the, uh, the ability to just kind of, maintain and grow shall we say community relations i suppose uh yeah, within a, minnesota that's a you brought kind of bring up a good point there yeah. community relations with uh the team and what community they're in in st paul there mm-hmm. there is we still haven't seen what is going to happen with the shopping center next to allianz field right right, right. There's a lot of people who are upset about the whole situation. What are you going to put there? You're going to put in uh, condos or high price apartments. So we'll see what happens with her in that aspect, you know? Um, but again, I, I, I seriously think uh, the TV contract is the big thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, Connor's got a hard out in 10 minutes. So let's do some history and then Connor, you can just take off. Okay. And then uh, Dave and I'll finish up with, I have one funny story to talk about. You can be gone for that. You got other things to do. So let's do some history. Connor. Okay, cool. Uh, Well, I have, so we, our last podcast was on August 8th, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll start with August uh, 9th. In 1981, when the kicks win against the Toronto Blizzard 3-0. That makes sense. That does make sense. Yep. Um, Then we're going to move forward to... um, We're going to move forward to August 10th. And the strikers win... Or or the kicks, excuse me. The kicks uh, win in 1980 against uh, the Atlanta Chiefs 3-2. Well, we can't... uh... Really? Atlanta Chiefs? The Atlanta Chiefs. Yep. Uh, Another reason to hate Atlanta. You know? uh, well, KC still has the Chiefs, but... Yeah. Cleveland. Yeah, big, but it makes more sense than KC, I think. Uh, again, it's one of those deals where... I don't know. I, you got the, the, uh, the Indians. Well, Cleveland now, not the Indians. They're now the... Uh, what are they? The... Um, where the Indians, Cleveland oh, now, boy. Dave. Putting me off the spot. It was like a landmark. Uh, like yeah, it's their uh, the gar- the Guardians. The Guardians. Yes, yeah. The Guardians. 
and now uh, Washington football team used to be the Redskins. They're still the football team. I don't know if they have they made a change yet. There's a little not football team this of. year. Not that not I know of. No. Uh, by the way, w- Dave. WFT. By the way, Dave. Uh, Vikings lost today, thirty to six. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's only preseason, time. though. <laughs> it's only preseason. Yeah. 30, yeah. 30, 30 to six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's 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 only preseason, but uh, I don't okay. ever want to. I I don't right. care. I honestly yeah. I honestly could care less. Okay. Yeah. Just letting you know. <laughs> it's a you know the head coach probably cares, but mm-hmm. outside of that, I don't know how many people really care. All right. Um, moving on to August eleventh, two thousand ten, uh, when the Stars draw at the Portland Timbers two two. Nice. Well, that's a nice little one. Uh, I've got a new team, everybody. Uh, uh, everybody here. Ooh. Um. It's, uh, I don't think I've done this one before. Uh, so we've got August 12th, 2000, when the Thunder unfortunately lost 4 0 against the Hampton Roads Mariners. The Hampton's Road. So they play in the Hamptons. So, yeah, apparently they, they were the Hampton Roads Mariners, um, but for a time, but, but also for a time, they were the Virginia Beach Mariners. Too. Okay. Well, yeah, the on the water mariners that works. Yeah. Yeah. We're good with that. We're good with that. That's yeah. fine. I've never I've never heard any team uh with the Hampton Roads. Yeah, uh, I've never I never heard of a team from the Hamptons, anyways. Yeah. I mean me the neither. Hamptons is like rich people on the beach. They don't have teams up there, do they? Or maybe the yeah. well, maybe the um maybe. what is it? Day. On the beach in is it New Jersey or Virginia? No, or it's Virginia? New New York. New York. Um, but I'm trying to think if there's a, a baseball league up there. What baseball league is that? The the short sure season. Think, I'm sure you're not thinking of like the Connecticut um, league this up in sh- Connecticut. Maybe I am. So it's not in Hamptons. It's up. Uh, no, it's north, not in the Hamptons. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the it's, it's, it's a short Hartford. season porch, uh, short season baseball league, which I'd love to go see a game up there. I've seen some great movies about it, but yeah. yeah. Um, and then as for today, uh, oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, I missed out the 13th. Um, 1976, the kicks win one nil at the San Diego Jaws. Oh, San, see, San Diego Jaws, that works. Yep. Sharks. And then this one's kind of cool. Um, 1978, August 14th, which is today. Uh, by the way, August 14th, 17 years ago, uh, I moved back from the UK. Oh, there you go. 17 years ago today. Wow. Um, August 14th, 1978, the kicks win the first leg of the conference semifinal playoff round um, and take a series lead of 1 0 against the New York Cosmos. Ooh. They won the game 9 2. 9 2. 9 2. Shit. Yep. Yeah. Did they even have anybody in goal at that point? Was it just a wooden <laughs> chair? Yeah, they had Scott Sterling in there. Mm, good God. Except almighty. Scott Sterling was even more uh was even more solid than that, to be fair. So God yeah. almighty. Yeah. And Tony, I just yeah. I gotta jump in. We were both kind of wrong. We were you're I'm sure you're thinking of the Cape Cod uh baseball. Yeah, the Cape Cod, yeah. I bet right. Cape yeah, Cod. Massachusetts. 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 Sorry, my bad. That oh, would there be you go. I, that would, that's a beautiful I've been to Cape Cod, beautiful area. Um, grew up out there, obviously in that area, but oh, yeah, um, yeah, never been there for the to catch any of the baseball during that summer. Yeah, that was... you Vermont, Dave. You never went to Cape Cod to see a game. 
I've been to Cape Cod, but never to see a game, no. Oh, man, we should go, man. I've heard some great things about those leagues, man. Yeah, it's a beautiful area. It would be yeah. cool out there. That would uh, be Cape a great Cod excuse cool. to get out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, so thanks, Connor, for the history. You got a hard out, Connor. I do, I'm afraid. So, so I'm afraid I must he's jump out go. early. He's yeah. got to go. Thanks, Connor, for, uh, you know, again, for your history and uh, being on the podcast. Uh, we yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, of um, course. But uh, we we will uh, – We'll talk to you uh, this week and uh, next week. Are you going? Are you, before you get out of here? You're going to the SKC game, right? I, I will be going to the SKC game. Yes. Right. I will n- probably not be able to watch that game because I have a brew fest in Monticello that day. So mm-hmm. you're going to be big the only day, guy. Big weekend. You're probably going to be the only guy who's going to watch that game officially. Quite okay. Most, like, <laughs> most likely most because likely. that game would be at three thirty a.m. Yeah. for me oh yeah. so, yikes so it's very possible connor you'll be the only one to be able to all right well game. hopefully we can uh we can get a good win against sporting casey because i still don't think i don't think sporting case oh no i think they've won once in Allian in uh, minnesota since we've oh. since we made it here but uh yeah, I've, I've, other game. than that it's been a pretty good fortress for us against skc so it's a big game that's big game yeah okay all right well, thanks, guys connor. thanks again all right we'll talk yeah. to you. all right enjoy the rest of the weekend so it's just me and Dave now, and uh, I have a funny story to talk about. And I also want to talk about right. um, just one thing, Dave. I brought mm-hmm. this up uh, before the podcast about my wife uh, doing her her schedule, you know. Yes. So she decided that just a weekend of work. She's a nurse, overnight nurse. She decided to work Friday, then have tonight off because they have a big party, and then work Sunday and Monday. She sent me a text that says, uh, tomorrow night is going to be brutal. I would think so. And it's no not just shit. It's not just like you're going to work nine to five, you know, nine to five, mm-hmm. and then take Saturday off to go to a party and then work nine to five Sunday, Monday. No, she and yeah. she is working overnights, you know, long yeah. shifts overnight. So yeah, I can't mm-hmm. uh you sandwich that with a night of uh partying. Yeah, I can't. I'm sure that'd be incredibly yeah. difficult. No, I was saying before the podcast, if we were in our 20s, that'd be a little different. But we're we're forty now, so bodies don't work the way they used to anymore. You know. Mm. Um, no. Before we get out of here, though, I just want to. Holy crap! I got mm. things going on. My I don't know what the hell that was, but I oh. want one more funny story. Or one funny story, I should say. Sorry, okay. it's I've been drinking all day. It's and it's ten o'clock on a Saturday. I wish um, I could relate. <laughs> well, it's early Sunday in China. So yeah. Uh a bank robbery in England goes bad because of some bad hat bad handwriting. Yeah. Hmm. This guy. Um uh retiree Alan Slatery, 67, fled empty-handed from nationwide building society branch in Eastbourne in March after employees struggled to read his message demanding they hand over cash. Please share a picture of it on Twitter. If you look hard enough, you can read. Your screen won't stop what I've got. Stop. Just hand over the 10s and 20s. Think about the other customers. So he wrote some weird shit. <laughs> so it was like the bank people were like, uh, your screen won't stop what I've got. Just hand over the tens and twenties. Didn't ask for an amount or anything like that. 
just like hands over the tens and twenties. Think about your other customers. Um, hmm. Later that month, Slatery made off with 2,400 British pounds from a nationwide branch in his hometown. He tried another robbery at uh, Nat West branch in Hastings in April, but left with no money as well. Hmm. Uh, police later identified Slatery from his bank security footage and arrested him at New Year's home. He pleaded guilty. But the reason why I bring this up is because handwriting can make or break a lot of things especially trying to rob a bank, Dave, right? It certainly can. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of us are kind of stuck with some messy handwriting, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I guess you're, if you're, if you're trying to rob a bank, you, you want to be pretty concise and clear. You don't need any wasting time. No, for sure. As somebody who's a little bit younger than this Slatery guy who's 67, I would have printed it off on my mm -hmm. printer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they'd know what the fuck I was trying to say. And, and make sure you use a good font on your uh, word yeah. processor there, your computer. Yeah. Well, I'm not using Comic Sans or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be using the Hebelka or the uh, New Times Roman. Tahoma, yeah. It's, yeah, there, I'm not using that shit. Yeah, but I'm not going to write it. And, and, and from looking at the picture, he's like he wrote it on like an envelope. And, uh, and uh, it's just, you can't read what the fuck he's saying. And the fact, he didn't tell him how much he wanted. He said tens and twenties. Mm. So to me, if I was a teller, I'd be like, here's a 10, here's a 20, get the fuck out. Yep. You said tens and twenties. You didn't give me an Keep amount. Now, you know, I would have maybe said large bills or something like that. Yeah, large bills. Sure. Why not? Again, stupid people doing stupid shit. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of that, you know, but uh yeah. times. So before we get out of here, Dave, how is the COVID going on in China right now? I, I've all, um, I want to ask you that. You know, I'm I'm not reading, uh, you know, I'm not watching the local news. Obviously, there's language barrier there. Um, and it's it's a little hard to get information here, obviously, especially local information. But what I've been hearing from from my coworkers here mm -hmm. um, is that it, it, you know what, it reminds me a little bit of what's going back, you know, what's going on back home, because there have been, I know there have been outbreaks in the area. And so because of that, some of my coworkers, be based on areas that they've been through or traveled through, or, you know, they, they've come through certain train stations or airports in certain towns, cities, I should say, um, they've, at a, as a result, had to get tested, PCR tested, uh, because, you know, there's been uh, outbreaks in these areas. So I think I think because really, honestly, just being out and about China is at least where I'm at is opened up. I mean, it's open. It feels open. It uh, it's not like, you know, we're under lock and key here. It's definitely open. You can see there's an abundance of caution, though, is how I would describe it. Like there's there's a lot of testing that has to be taken that has that taken place, not just for me as a traveler coming out of a quarantine period. But you can see they have testing stations set up. And they do take it seriously. So if there's an outbreak area, I think you're, you're, you know, you, you need to be tested and stuff like that. And they use these QR codes like crazy over here. So like you basically going into like restaurants and stores and other places, you do have to show a QR code. And I think that kind of keeps track of you. So they do a little more, I think without knowing exactly what they do, I think they kind of keep track. So like if you were in an, if you live in a known area with an outbreak, you kind of need to get tested to keep your QR health code 
you know, green, so to speak. So they, they and it, and the outbreaks are happening. So it's well, hard to get a good feel for it, but I'd say it's similar. And again, that's the difference between a country like China, who their government is a little more hands-on. I, I, you're correct in saying yeah. that. Yeah. And, uh, and being in the United States, where our government is a little more hands-off, yes. uh, a lot of people do whatever they want to do. Uh, my biggest thing, of course, having um, two children who are going back to school in September, um, uh, mask mandates. Now, that's been a firebrand all over, this, all over our country right now, uh, mandating masks for kids going back to school. Of course, my oldest daughter has the vaccine now. My youngest youngest daughter cannot because she's not old enough. So our school district has decided to say, hey, uh, we're going to leave it up to the parents to do what they want to do. And we've seen what, how that's gone in places like Florida, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi. Um, so I'm kind of a little bit pissed off about that right now. But it is what it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. How much no, I can do about it. Yeah, a lot of people are. Yeah, it's still, yeah. It's still a topic. Mm-hmm. But you're still okay, right? I mean, you're... Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah, yeah it is, is. It's interesting getting a different perspective here. And it's a little, it's harder, you know, because you can't really get a good feel. But I, I can see what I see. And yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, it seemed things seem to be just flowing along and open. And as far as mask mandates, that's kind of hard to tell even because, you know, a lot of people are, but there's plenty of people who aren't. And, and yeah. so it's, it's really kind of odd. So yeah, it's odd, but I still feel, I feel pretty good here. I do kind of get the sense that like, if there was an outbreak, say in this t- city that I'm in or by the plant, I think things would be, I think things would shut down quickly. So it's, it's kind of, oh, yeah. you kind of feel like you're walking on eggshells at sometimes. Well, it's, you know, it's but, again, it's not like the United States, Dave, where it takes a while for things to get shut down. It, the government can come in China and just be like, hey, that's it. We're done. Yeah. And that's the difference. I mean, there's, there's a big difference between uh, Chinese government and the American government. Yeah, no doubt what about is. it. You know, yeah. you've been all over the world. You've seen all types of different governments before. So exactly. So before we get out of here, guys, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Myself, Tony, for Dave and Connor. We'll talk to you guys in a week. All right.